Hey everybody, it's Sunday, July 6, 2014. Hope you guys are having a great day. Happy Independence Day to uh, my fellow American friends. Uh, Friday was our Independence Day uh, from a long time ago, but uh, kind of weird to celebrate that overseas. Uh, didn't really have much to do. We had a bachelor's party with a good friend and former podcast guest, uh, John Myers here, so wish him well. And today we'll be doing something a little bit different. Uh, I've been getting bored doing interviews, so I want to switch things up a little bit. And one of the cool things about being part of a mastermind group is having book recommendations from a bunch of peers. Uh, maybe some are more experienced than you, and they're sharing books that they really liked when they started out, and that books that really had a big impact on them into where they are in their careers right now. So I have a bunch of books that are on my Amazon Kindle uh, with a bunch of notes, and I figured, hey, why not share them with you guys and spice things up a little bit on the show. One thing I realized is that book is a great way to hack your education. So maybe you remember growing up, uh, going to college or university, you're reading these books that you don't really care about, right? And they're really expensive. But now once you have a business, you started a business, when you read a case study about either finance, uh, marketing, or whatever, it makes a lot more sense because the content is very different and so that's kind of the perspective I've had when I read these books uh, some of them came out in the mid 90s or even older uh, things like scientific advertising from Claude Hopkins uh, Raul Chardini's influence which came out in the 90s too like all of, a lot of the business books kind of came from these classics that you see nowadays and it's basically just recycled information so when you go back to these old classics uh, that's kind of where all the knowledge came from and so it's really interesting to see that uh, from a different perspective so that's what we'll be going over today and today's book is called the psychology of selling by brian tracy this was something that got on my radar uh, after hearing james Shremko talk about it in one of the forums i'm in and he said when he first started out uh, as a car salesman uh, in his early career this is the book he had on repeat every week in his car he had it on the audio tape format uh, this book well this audiobook is basically uh, kind of the best compilations of Brian Tracy stuff. So Brian Tracy used to be a sales guru, uh, kind of in the B2B space, sales training, motivational, uh, helping people sell industrial equipment like printers, uh, machines that, you know, bond steel or something like that. So this audiobook uh, is kind of a live seminar recording. And James and a couple other uh, mastermind group members basically had this book on repeat. Uh, while they were driving in the car, they would listen to it three, four times a week. And so I figured, hey, if they're doing this, why don't I do it myself too? And I've listened to it. Uh, about four to five times the past two weeks already and still picking up a lot of new things and today i'll share my notes with you and some points uh, on things i picked up and why you should read this book so i think this book is important because everything we do is in the sales game sales is what makes the world move forward uh even the mic i'm using right now you know blue yeti had to convince me through their images uh, product descriptions everything for me to buy this mic and to actually record this podcast with you. And I'm actually trying to sell you too on why this book is important and you should listen to it. And whether you have an e-commerce store or you're a service provider, you know how do you get clients to go with you? How do you overcome their objections of either price, service quality, things like that? It's all a sales game. And I think this is what the book really nails into. And so here are the five takeaways I have uh, from this book. So let's get started. Don't deliver a product, deliver an experience. You're listening to the Build My Online Store podcast, and I'm your host, Terry Lynn. We're here to talk about running an online store and building a strong e-commerce brand to take your online store to the next level. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to check us out at buildmyonlinestore.com. Let's get on with the show. Number one, selling is a inner game. What happens in your mind makes all the difference in success. There's a direct relationship between your self-image and sales effectiveness. We always sell in a manner that's consistent with our self-image. And the two biggest fears we all have is fear of rejection and fear of mistakes. Now, until you can develop the self-confidence to be resilient against rejection, 
you cannot sell effectively. Now, so when I first read this, it didn't really make sense to me until I hit it about the second or third time. Uh, so I didn't really come from a sales background uh, and kind of this stuff is still new to me too as I was still figuring it out. And when you think about it, uh, fear of rejection and fear of making mistakes really can put you in a situation where you're not doing the right things. And you see this with a lot of people. Uh, sometimes, you know, you know you should be calling a customer, but instead you're messing around on Facebook, right? Or uh, you're, you know you should be emailing bloggers or whatever, trying to get links, but you end up, you know, reading about the latest SEO trick and what's the latest tactic that you should be using. And I think this is all a form of the resistance, as Stephen Pressfield calls it, in the uh, War of Art. Uh, yeah, The War of Art, yeah, that's the name. Uh, it's a really good book you should ch check out too. Uh, but basically, um, you know, until you can develop the image that, hey, when you get rejected, it doesn't really matter to you, uh, you can never sell effectively. And, and I think that's, there's a lot of truth in that. And I think developing that self-confidence takes a lot of time. Uh, one thing that really hit me was that this reminds me of James Altucher's book. I think Choose Yourself, uh, he has the four emotional, or I guess the four balances one person must keep i think it's emotional spiritual mental physical and until you have all those in check uh, you'll never be truly at your potential so i think he talked about that in gosh probably like a year ago in an earlier episode i'll link up to that uh, but basically this is a good one selling is an inner game and uh, that's number one number two sales are usually based upon friendship people will not buy until they are genuinely convinced that you are their friend or acting in their best interest there is a direct relationship between your level of self-esteem and how well you get along with different people the best salespeople have a natural ability to make friends easily with prospective customers so when you think about the typical car salesman i guess how this example brings upon is that the guy on the lot uh, he sees you come in he asks you who you are do you have kids do you have family do you play golf all this type of stuff that he's using to get to know you. And I think it makes a lot of sense because why would you just buy from a stranger that doesn't really care about you? But then on the other hand, we do do it all the time, right? You buy a shampoo without really thinking about who actually made it. You know, who was a scientist that made, you know, Pert Plus or Head and Shoulder Shampoo? I, I don't really know. But uh, I buy it anyways because sometimes that's uh, what I need. So a lot of the times that's why these companies will use celebrity endorsements, right? Maybe celebrities that identify with their customer base. Uh, for example, say, you know, I like comedy. If uh, I watch Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, something on YouTube uh, that they like, hey, I might be more inclined to kind of buy that because I like what they do. You know, they're really funny guys and kind of we relate on a different level. Now, in an age group, if you compare it to older comedians like, say, David Letterman or Jay Leno, it's kind of a more different demographic, right? So I think... Uh, sales is based upon friendship, certainly true. And I think this is why a lot of people uh, are into the content marketing game too, right? Because how are you going to get people on that awareness stage? Uh, how do you build that relationship? And a lot of it is through that top level funnel uh, content type of stuff. So that's point number two. Number three, people buy for their reasons, not ours. Every buying decision is an attempt to be better off as a result of making that decision. Your job is to get the person completely focused on how they will gain by using your product or service rather than how much they might lose by committing to it. When people say, I need to think about it, they're actually telling you they're not aroused by the desires to own it or enjoy the benefits of your product. So if you let people talk, they will eventually tell you their basic needs with regards to your product. So one of the interesting things I came upon this was that in the first few wallets that I sold at Bottle Leather, um, I always thought that having a you know a certain wallet that was high quality was something everyone wanted, which is true, but it's not the primary reason that people buy stuff. And after getting some feedback from about three or four people there saying, hey, I'm happy that I can finally fit my wallet in my front pockets of the pants. 
And when I first saw that, I thought it was pretty interesting because I never thought that it was something people cared about or it was a benefit that people needed, but I just didn't know that as a user or as a product creator. And I think uh, that's something that really shed light on this where people buy for their reasons, not ours, right? They bought the wallet because they needed a new one that was slim that could fit in their front pocket because when you have a big wallet in your butt, when you sit down on a chair, it feels funny and you know it looks bad when you go upstairs. Uh, sometimes your pants are tight and your wallet's big, it can stretch out, it can make it really uncomfortable. Those are things that I always kind of intuitively knew, but I never knew they were that important uh, for potential customers. So you just gotta let people talk. When you talk to prospective customers, always ask them questions with regards to your product. Uh, he has a who, what, when, where, why approach in this book. You know, How did you end up with this product? When did you buy it? Uh, who did you hear about it from? You know, when did you get it? How how long have you been using it? All this type of thing that you can use, kind of as an investigative reporter, uh, to find out why people choose a product or service and then how yours can fit in uh, to that. So that's number three. All right, number four. Quality is never the primary reason for buying anything. Quality is based on logic, but people buy emotionally. The issue of quality should only arise when you are comparing your product at a certain price with another one and that quality is needed as a benefit in the right context. So as a wallet maker, I always thought quality was one of the number one reasons that people buy stuff. And it is, but it's not the number one reason why people buy wallets. Usually they'll look at the design, uh, aesthetics, and then decide, okay, which one should I buy based on the quality and reflection of price? So in the book, uh, The Psychology of Selling, he talks about certain situations where quality is important. For example, if you're selling ATVs in Canada, right? Say you're living in the snow, uh, you need a quality ATV because if you get stuck, you'll die in the snow you'll get frozen to death and you might become an ice man like captain america right get unfrozen like 300 years later who knows so uh, quality in that context is important but on a general basis most people don't really buy stuff off quality so for example the other day i or well, a couple months ago i bought a blender here in ho chi minh city vietnam and the options were a 30 dollar blender a 50 dollar blender or like a 10 dollar blender and i looked at the 10 dollar one it was some random brand. I never knew what it was, you know. And when I bought a blender, I wanted to make sure A, it could grind the ice without jamming and it wouldn't burn out because the old one I had was really cheap. It was old. It burned out after like a few months because the motor wasn't strong enough to grind really hard ice. And so just by saying that, that's not the quality I was looking for, right? The, the first benefit I need is to be able to grind ice, frozen bananas, frozen fruit without any problem. Then I'll see the quality if it can actually... Uh, live up to the expectation. So I think kind of you think about things, why you buy things, why you buy a certain pair of headphones, uh, why you buy a Mac or why you buy a certain type of mouse, uh, pants, things like that. Usually there's something else that supersedes quality. So uh, I guess hope, hope that makes sense. But that's number four. All right, number five. Uh, actually, just started raining here, so you might hear it in the background. But uh, number five, every sale has a key benefit or objection you must overcome, and it's your job to discover both. So the best way to respond to objections is to take them as a question, uh, asking for more information. So usually when someone says, hey, I can't afford this, I think of it as them asking, hey, please show me how I can't afford this. So instead of assuming you understand, always ask them to clarify. Uh, Brian Tracy says, telling is not selling, only asking questions and selling. 
So when you disarm objections, use the feel, felt, found method to disarm that. So for example, uh, if someone says, hey, you know, I think this is too expensive. Well, you say, John, I understand exactly how you feel. Many of our happiest customers felt the same way at one time, uh, but this is what they found after that. And you give them a testimonial, uh, certain things they liked uh, or whatever, uh, but you never argue with them telling them that they're wrong. And instead of going through a whole list of benefits and going through a whole list, for like say 15, 20 minutes and then asking, so what do you think? The right way should be, you present the information, you state a benefit and you ask a question. So it would be like, hey, uh, John, we sell the best drinking water in town. Our, our water is filtered from the Crystal Mountains. Uh, is this something that's important to you? And then, because if you go through 10 benefits, everyone's gonna pay attention, right? People have smartphones now, they'll just look at their latest app, they'll check their Facebook, or they'll go online. So uh, information, benefit, ask a question. This is probably the biggest thing I learned uh, in dealing with kind of the sales process in terms of like, how do you actually go through this uh, on a tactical level? So uh, very cool, that's number five. So there's actually a lot more notes that I have on this book, but I don't want to bore you with all my details. Uh, someone on the internet did release a PDF with some kind of action items, worksheets, and a better summary than me just kind of right now bobbling off into a mic. So if you want that uh, PDF, make sure to check out the website, uh, buildmyonlinestore.com. This is episode 106, and I'll link it to there so you can download it and get the rest of the notes uh, of the book. Remember, this book is called The Psychology of Selling by Brian Tracy. And uh, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. I'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast. If you want the show notes, make sure to check out the website at buildmyonlinestore.com. And if you've got an e-commerce store, every two weeks I lead a live mastermind call with about five or six of the listeners in two separate groups where we work openly together and solve a business problem that you have. And we're all there to support each other. So if this sounds like your cup of tea, make sure to check us out at buildmyonlinestore.com slash mastermind. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch up with you guys next week.